0: Welcome back to MJ Bizcon 2022. Dimitri Downing, we're here with my co host with the most.
1: Luna Stower from iSpire, Chief I- Impact Officer in the house.
0: iSpire is this giant thing you see behind us. Yes. B- much love for iSpire for hosting us today so that we could interview some of the important thinkers, advocates, uh, brands in the cannabis industry, uh, get some information out there to the world about how the industry works, who's who, and whatnot. So I, aspire, again, shout out to you guys, because without you, this kind of stuff doesn't happen. We're emailing all these out next week so people will get the inside scoop about what's happening in the campus And thank industry. you to
1: the Marijuana Industry Trade Association of Arizona and all the work you're doing right there to make it work.
0: We do networking, we do business development, we do education, a lot of other things. So we really appreciate you. So right now, I, I am pleased to be joined by Kenny and Rick uh, two important figures in the cannabis industry, the I'll say the global cannabis industry, um, who have a, an association with one of my favorite organizations, um, uh, Last Prisoners Project.
2: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yes, and um, have quite a journey to tell. I, I, you know, where do you begin? Where do you begin to tell this story? And uh, I'll, Rick, Rick, uh, Rick Kenny, wh- which one do you guys prefer to go first? You know.
2: It's difficult. Um, I'll, I'll start. Yeah, uncle. let's just, wa- let's so, just walk so, through it. So, yeah, so it. my uncle was sentenced to 98 years in prison when I was 11 years old. And oh, this is Rick, by the way. It's Richard, Richard here. My, my uncle, your uncle,
1: 586? Yeah, I just yeah. Got, that's
2: awesome. So you... So I was I was a young kid. His, his son was, was was there with him, and then right. I went to visit. So subsequently, I didn't know my dad, right? Like, long story short. Right. Him and my dad were friends. I won't go any further than that as, as kids, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad married his mom, and I came out of it. My parents divorced before I could even remember <laughs> my, my life, anything. You know, I don't have any... No memory of that. I didn't know my dad until this happened. So my dad saw the article and got back in touch with him. They rekindled their relationship. And I went to visit my dad for the summer, and he got arrested that summer. So I never went home.
0: So you wow. got you got arrested in the summer of 86, 85? Uh, no, uh, actually, yeah, 88. Oh, 88. So 88. Oh, 88. So I got my years wrong. Yeah, I got my years wrong. I was four years old. I have my years wrong. I'm sorry. But, but. Uh, we're going to get into why he cannot forget the time in a second. So what happened in the summer of 88? When I got arrested? Yes. Um, a friend of mine that owed me
3: some money um, kept telling me, "Don't worry, it's coming soon." Da da da. da and he wound up—he was working with the, the FDLE in Florida, and uh, he was just—they were just trying to set me up Nark. because they thought I was doing something, which I wasn't. I was, right. I was in legitimate business, and I wasn't messing around because I—one time in prison was enough for me. You know, I. I didn't like the idea of not being able to move around, you know. So uh, I wasn't about to go back into the thing and make a long story short. You know what a reverse thing is, right? The what? A reverse thing? A reverse thing, yeah. Yeah, that's when the police set you up. Yeah. That's what happened to me.
0: I was the next prosecutor. I'm mostly a domestic violence prosecutor, though. About 85% of my case work is domestic violence. So, So there was a reverse thing. And, and this is one of the reasons why I love this industry, is because I mean, ten years in this industry now, uh, after prosecuting for twelve years and leaving prosecution because it kind of sucks, um, did economic development. But now this is like a, not. I mean, it just it gives me a wonderful opportunity to unravel and to explain to others who are in law enforcement how stupid <laughs> yeah. the drug war was, how stupid prohibition was, how it much is. damage was done. And check it out, and to help this industry understand that as we evolve as an industry we need to avoid the drug war 2.0 and prohibition 2.0 yes and we need civil sanctions not criminal sanctions for inappropriate participation in the not you know outside the public market not the new jim Jim crow yeah but check it out there's a lot of business interests that are like telling legislators and stuff well if somebody does something illegally outside the tax and regulate cannabis market they should go to jail yeah and that's prohibition 2.0 that's that's the drug war 2.0 let's for not get sure. ourselves well that started in new york yeah. i
2: mean you see the sheriff just taking shit down i don't know if anybody's paying attention to yeah, it yeah but new cause. york city sheriff yeah was, like took 30 stores in brooklyn down two weeks ago what for you know the the legacy operating
1: dispensaries uh, yeah. happening in
2: bodegas i heard something today. about so so
1: that from freaky dog yeah. so let's yeah. go back
0: to, to rick there was a reverse sting in 1988 and and then what happened next next uh I was arrested, prosecuted. What
3: they what they prosecuted for? They charged me with uh, racketeering, conspiracy to traffic, and trafficking, which is against the law to do. Right. You know that. They charged me with the same thing twice. Right. And uh, what they did was they used uh, uh, they ran them all wild. They were thirty year the the. Uh, th- the uh, the the pro sentence uh, investigation, you know, like from the from the from the uh, probation officer, when they did their their pre sentence recommendation, right? When they did it, they told they told the prosecutor twelve to seventeen, but they recommend they recommend twelve, right? And they wound up giving me 330s running wild, three thirty year sentences running wild, and plus. This, and then 30, and then eight years on top of that.
0: The, now, the judge and the prosecutor recommended that, or how that... The prosecutor.
3: Can you imagine if he was black?
0: And the judge went along with it. He wouldn't be out. And this no, is in right, 1988. Yep. And uh, for those... Wow. For the those, height of Reagan's
1: the, drug war. They're making examples that that's but deterrence it, as a as a concept doesn't really work. No one's ever not sold drugs because they know that it's illegal to do it. It's the whole premise logically it just doesn't make sense. Like you said, it's just a, it's stupid policy.
0: Yeah. Help, help me out here. U.S. Lose, was lose. it a U.S. Attorney or was it a county level in Florida? Yeah. County. County. Okay, oh so, yeah. So now you're doing state time. You're doing uh, thir- thirty years. Th- th- first,
3: first I had to do the first. Mandatory three before right I yeah. got any game time because of the, the mandatory minimum
1: sentencing even right. if the judge wanted to be lenient They legally right. couldn't
3: so what I had to do was I had to do um, Sick uh, f- three without a one day game time and then my sentence started to run When I it's, when I went in it was six it, it was 65% now it's 85% Wow so it and was kind of a. There was no violence involved. No. There's no violence involved anywhere on my record. No, no
0: guns involved. Not, uh, and I want to make that look clear at this for guy. people. He's no, a no, sweetheart. No, but, but people out there are Yes, watching. there was no and, actual. And, 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 uh, this, yeah. uh, this is the insanity. This is the disappointment of Biden as well, because he should have done something. C- he can easily tomorrow do what he did for the little misdemeanors so as mm-hmm. like a symbolic gesture. Right, because he he's the one that wrote this bad he's, policy. He's the one. That should do it,
1: yep. right? He and should undo one, his doing.
3: He's the one that should tell the states to do it, yes. so to do it now. Okay. And he should change the law. He should. He we should, should, keep it. He he should, should keep his promise. Right. He should keep his promise that right. caused this community to vote for
2: him. Yep, that's, that's, that's a lot of people only voted
1: because 100%. he said he was going to do this. Yeah. Well, yeah.
3: the only reason he's in office is. It's because of pot smokers.
1: Right, people utilize us and, and, would, and use us to, to leverage a cultural nostalgia, and then mm-hmm. they don't come through you know because what, it's A unpopular. lot of people don't
3: realize that he wouldn't have made he wouldn't have been our president right now if it wasn't for the pot smokers in this country. We vote actually. That voted for
2: him. Yep. We voted for him. We come out yeah, well, because but.
3: he made promises mm-hmm. while he was running that he was going to make it legal and crush everybody's
1: record. Right. And he didn't do that. It's a constitutional issue. This is a human rights abuse issue. And that's
3: the reason that me and Steve D'Angelo were in Washington two weeks ago right. protesting. Nice. Oh, how that go? Shout out to Steve D'Angelo. Good. Pick her up Last business Project. Steve. We
0: love you, Steve. What up, Mary? Tip, tip of the hat, Steve. So let, 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 let's, before we, uh, we get into your advocacy, what you're doing now, when did you get out and how? I got out. Um, Almost two years ago, and, and and about I guess
1: 20 days it'd be two yeah, years. It's two, yeah, yeah, it's almost oh. two years. Yes. So 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 20. Free them all. Free all nonviolent drug Small. offenders. 88. Yesterday. 98, 2008. 2018.
0: 2018. 2020. So you did thirty-two years, thirty-two counts. and it?
1: watched it get legalized from inside. That's the
0: whole. Well, that's one the thing
2: I'd like to point out at this statement, and thirty-two years straight, but he had served his crime for the time for the previous crime, which was five years. Right. So
1: it's thirty-seven years of his life. Thank you.
2: In in jail for right.
1: this. Right. And then probation is a whole nother stick, because you gotta keep you for know being reporting in,
0: in a substance that now is clearly legal. I mean, it's it, kind of it insult to injury. Street. I
1: can't even imagine for people who are still sitting
0: there. It's just bed. crazy. I mean, Do you
3: wh- know how nice it was, 420 of this year, <sighs> for the media to see me, Richard Delisi, the Italian guy from New York, that they, they made me up to be like I was a gangster. Meanwhile, a gangster. I've, been, I've been a hipster all my life. Right. You know, since, since I was 13. Right. right? I started smoking pot when I was 13. And, um, Who didn't? <laughs> 11 over here. And they
1: still couldn't take it away. Right. <laughs> well, because it's within us. It's like We have an endocannabinoid system that we've been developing with and evolving with for thousands of years. This is our birthright. Asslinger I say Asslinger on purpose, in 1937 just created this narrative and this pro- prohibition propaganda. It's so new in our consciousness. Our body tells us it's ours. We get it in breast milk. Cannabinoids are in the first thing that you breathe in or drink in.
0: You know, it still puzzles me how this could have occurred. And I mean it did, it happened. But it, it's still like a sense of awe, like wow. You know? You, know you know what's wow? That we
3: are actually sitting here talking about it right now. And two years ago I was in a cell no bigger than this area that we're sitting in right now.
2: With another dude. And
3: in a maximum security prison. And by the way, all 32 years of my life that I spent in prison was in a maximum security prison.
1: Why did they, why did they do that? Because they associate drugs with um, well, character, well, well, unfortunately.
0: Why, why did they do that? They did that because I was Italian and I was from Brooklyn. Okay, well that makes sense. I've, I've watched some Godfather movies.
2: And it was a second offense maybe, I, I don't know. And, and I, I'll point out a very small period of time in a state government controlled facility and the rest of the time, I'll call it out, in you know modern day plantation slaveholders, you know, a, a, a private prison. Right. It's a whole different subject. We won't touch too much into that, but the private prison is a bigger problem. Where is the incentive for rehabilitation when there's a profit margin attached to the individual being incarcerated?
0: Right. Let's go back to just a moments in time. So you're in jail. and You have hope? I always had hope. Hmm.
3: there wasn't one second that went by in a day i would make up a motion in a library and file it as soon as i got to prison it didn't take me but i think a month to figure out how to get around the place and get into the, li- the legal library the library yeah. once i figured that out it took a couple of sweetie goals and honey buns and <laughs> stuff like that you know guys. So when I walked up, I could walk right in and do what I had to do. Beautiful. There wasn't one time in 32 years that there wasn't a motion in court with my name on it. In other words, I would file a motion and then I would start filing a motion if they were going to stop that motion, if they were going to deny that motion. I had another motion put right on top of it that was getting filed the same day that they denied it. How old were you when you went in? I was, uh, I think, 38. Right, 38. 30, that's 30, how old, 30, old I am right now. Yeah, 38. So now, wow. now
0: you're 38, 45. You're like you're 60 something. Now I'm 74. 74. And just, so the, the 38 to 72, they unbelievable. They do, that is just shocking. I I admire the fact that you're sitting here with such, you know, a, a smile on your that's face. That's what's so
3: crazy about
1: it. Yeah. The human spirit, and you knew, and you know that the plant they is just, the truth.
3: I know it.
0: I, I've known that since I was 13.
1: radical righteousness
0: there are so many great myths and Roman myths written about the the tragically uh, imprisoned there's stuff in the Bible about it did that help you get through I mean did you read about that stuff and if, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for him yeah that
3: man upstairs
0: yeah mm. I wouldn't
3: be here talking or to all you all right? no, I, I,
0: absolutely I mean I, I can feel it there you know it, it actually gives me hope that there is some sort of uh, universal justice some sort of like mm. I, came, I, I came like a hair of dying three times in mm. person
3: I'm talking about a hair of dying I had COVID when it first hit the United States Ooh. right my friend dying. upstairs 50 years old that was a muscle guy got it the same day as me and the next day he was dead so you can imagine what I went through for 14 days. I went to medical when I lost my taste and my smell, and they gave me two aspirins. And sent it's you
1: incredible. back to your cell where you're sleeping within a foot of someone else.
3: Yep. And if it wasn't this for This is my, why it was rampaging. And, and if it wasn't sh- for my roommate... Shout out Sean Bass. Sean Bass, which I'm shouting out, brother. You know I love you, man. He's probably at my house now checking, making sure <laughs> yes, it's okay. Sir. Uh, <laughs> He saved my life, and then I saved his, because he got that. it right after
0: me. Brotherhood. So, Last Prisoners Project, they got involved. How, how did you get out? Here's what happened. My
3: friend, my son is friends with a, a guy called Champelli.
1: Champelli, uh, Champelli. shout out to hey. Champelli. yes.
3: Joseph, Yee. what's up my brother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he shouted out to, uh, Champelli, which they're like brothers, and Champelli had told him about this guy, Steve D'Angelo, that he was getting this thing going on to get people that were in prison for cannabis out. So,
2: I, I mean, And Rick, ha- Rick, to back up, Rick has been in the legacy cannabis industry, very deep connection to the Bay Area, obviously, with Champelli being- him. Rick, his son is in Amsterdam, lived there right. for 28 years. So there's a lot that we didn't cover in those little pieces. But oh, yeah, oh back 70s here. and 80s. Yeah, so he's lived there since the, the, the 90s in Amsterdam. Cool. And he's coming home. What up, my brother? He's coming to Hawaii. He we call closer. it
1: Oaksterdam. Oaksterdam, yeah. So.
2: so So D'Angelo gets involved. Shout
3: out, Rich. I love you. Uh, D'Angelo, um, my friend gets in touch with him. I mean... Uh, gets in touch with, with D'Angelo. And D'Angelo says, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. He hasn't gotten anybody out of prison yet.
1: He's an Italian guy from the East Coast too.
3: Yeah, he is. He's a gumball for sure. (laughs) So, before I know it, I get called out to classifications, and they're telling me that they made a mistake in my game time, and all kinds of stuff's going on, right? But meanwhile, the lawyers from Last Prisoner's Project, one of them is in touch with me already. Right. So I know what they're fixing to tell me a classification is a complete fabricated deal, which it was. Liars. When you're in prison, you know the minute you're getting out. Right. They're, they were telling me you didn't you you, you you didn't realize that we didn't give you the scan time. Please. You know what I mean? So uh Champelli got in touch with Steve. Steve got a couple of lawyers i started talking back and forth
2: it happened so rapidly well,
3: could you how take
1: one look at your case and it's got holes in it well up the wazoo.
2: it was I, I don't know the exact timing it was like less than less than 45 days that's pretty fast so what happened was i we rick his son and i i was in the middle east longer story but rick and i had hired an attorney that wrote the early medical release program for COVID for the Department of Corrections in Florida. Wow. So, a friend of mine, that's a lobbyist, shout her out, leave her unnamed purposefully, but she's like, hey, you gotta get in touch with this, this particular guy right here. He's writing this thing and getting people out of jail. We hired him as a consultation and he gave us his fee and told us, hey, he was crying. He had just lost his dad. He said, if I were Reginald, he said, if I, if I were you guys, I would not hire me because it would be a bad perception to the people that have to make that decision. They'll see it as a drug smuggler with a lobbyist, like, in a weird way. He said, you have to tell your story and get their human attachment to it. Hearts and minds. And he's like, I just lost my dad. He told Rick, I just lost my dad, so I would do exactly this. We're starting to put the money together to get the the package. We we started to work to get the money together. And he calls Rick and says that the lawyers are talking to him and shit. And we're like... He says it's, you know, nice, wonderful girl. And I was like, we were hiring like a fat old Republican ball guy from (laughs) Tallahassee. So it wasn't jiving. And then Rick said uh, his other son, David, called him and said, did you check your dad's release date? It said six months. And at that point, we have a Department of Corrections website we could go to to get updates on your family member. That's your lifeline. You see a picture, an updated picture, maybe some kind of like whatever uh, update. You just go on there every so often when you miss them and you you know, somehow it comes up, like, you know, you search the news, you go through it, and and, and David sent that to Rick, and it was like saying six months, which meant, because we know the game time shit, too, which meant, wow, he's getting out, like, tomorrow, like, with this thing, which Rick, his son, called Tallahassee, which, believe me, we've done that over the 32 years, and the guy that's in charge of the Department of Correction Game Time and all that was super responsive, Like like he was trying to sell us something, and we had you know, a small window of time. And he was communicating with Rick and told him he's coming home in like a month. And I was in Abu Dhabi at the time, and Rick called me and was like, bro, you gotta come back. Bob's is coming home. I said, when? He's like, fucking next week. I hey. was like, holy fucking shit. I could almost cry saying it the way I felt. And, and the rest is like a whole different story. But it was 35 yes. days, it got on the news, got on another news, and I think they start to see embarrassment, and they're like, shut that up down there yep, because they're showing noise to our geo system system over there mm. in the Everglades. like.
0: You know, it's interesting, and I don't want to uh, take too much away because I want to get a bit deeper into your story and what you're doing now. But, you know, I prosecuted for 12 years. I dealt with all kinds of crimes, financial crimes, sexual crimes, all transportation crimes, mostly domestic violence. But I knew very well the entire time that— and, and most prosecutors, they don't think about the, uh, the art of justice— you know, they just find if somebody responsible or mm, not the responsible. The art of justice, no, the, the, it, the spirit somebody, of justice. Is somebody responsible or not responsible for committing a crime? Fine, that's easy. They figure that out. It is what it is most of the time. So, but not one prosecutor, not one probation officer, not one judge has any absolute knowledge on what the truth of sentencing is. No. You, whether it's one day, sixty-six months, three six days, fifteen years, capital punishment thousands million dollar fine, it's all horseshit. It's all yeah, an art. Arbitrary. It's all an art. But the power that you have over people's lives and their liberty, it, it's just it's just insane, and not enough people to reflect on that. You know, like I mean, there could have been like a little regulatory thing, boom, smack on the hand, go on with life. Just don't do it again. But it's just an art that we're practicing, and we have so, such faith in the American justice system. Like it really, like it really is like the best justice system in the world. But I was sitting there and we were we were just pulling shit out of thin air. Yeah. And and these prosecutors run around like, oh, no, this guy deserves five years. Says who? Yeah. And and who's and and, and who who is going to know what's going to happen in those five years? Rehabilitation day one. Rehabilitation after five years, never rehabilitation. Also, five no years idea. for a
1: seventy-five-year-old versus five years for a twenty-year-old who has a newborn baby. That's the other thing. Is f- five years isn't? It's a qualitative and a quantitative thing. It's like you can't even apply yeah. time is time-space continuum is a is a made-up thing anyway. What's five years of someone's life if yeah. it's during their child's birth? You know, it, it's
3: not five years of
1: their life. It's everyone's lives too. Let's
3: just let's just break this down a little bit. I was one person. Do mm-hmm. You know how many people I affected when I went to jail? Probably a hundred. The
1: ripple effect is so real.
3: Probably a hundred. A hundred people connected right to me.
2: And then, then add to that all the people that are created during that 32 years that are Affected as well,
1: right? And then also, there's the trauma because just because you're out, you'll never. I mean, that's you were a prisoner of war, literally. You're a POW. Oh, no doubt. What's your license plate?
3: POW 420.
2: <laughs> you want to hear something crazy about that's 420? Good. I know people were, you know, we, we, we like this thing, and it comes to us. We and he's a get him out, goes right to get his license. You got to get his course, license of the day he's out. Yep. Shout out to Bud Doc for showing up and uh, 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 and getting him licensed for his weed right away. Because he was like, he's got to be legal. This guy drove all the way down that we didn't didn't really know him You got
0: a little bit of access to weed in prison? A little bit?
1: (laughs) Yes, I was going to ask that too if you miss smoking, but you never know.
3: It's no no different than the street.
1: Well, one thing I will say is... It's uh, just much smaller. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so 420, you were starting? So to- 420, so he goes to get his driver's license, and when we're all with him, you know, like, third day you're out of jail? like yeah, About a week. About a week, like, you know, really quick, like, you know, because i got to get the license. We're like, not yet, slow down, we got driver, we got car. And he goes in to get his license. We're like, they're not going to give you your license, you're going to have to do an eye test. I said, I just had to redo my license, I had to redo my whole driving thing, because like, I let it expire. He goes in there, and they renew his license for him, shout out to the DMV, you know. Never sure. thought I'd say that. Shout yeah, out to D- the DMV. D- 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 well, let's call it D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Nice. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And uh, he comes out with his license, and he's like, they gave it to me. And it, his license number is like DL-420. No. And I was like, how did he get that? They, they, that was his license number in 1960. What did you get your license? No. 67.
1: Oh, God, that's hysterical. That's too good, you guys. I just, and I, he
2: lives at, he lives at an address. I won't give the street, but his address is 420 right now.
1: You guys... It's the plant chose you to do this work. I'm so sorry. That the universe knew you were strong enough to carry this burden. It's a lot that you're doing, and we, we really are standing on your shoulders. Thank you for being so strong.
0: Thank you. Which leads to one of the most important things because we are at MJ BizCon, and we love interviewing people that are using uh, the, the business of cannabis to also continue to do the good work. You know, like uh, Vincente Siedenberg. You know, he, he's an advocate who found his way into the cannabis industry and now his success is the advancement of the community and the freedom of the plant in general, et cetera. So, you guys have started a brand. Yes, we started a brand. We it's started Delicioso. Delicioso. Show Delicioso. Them your tattoo. Delicioso. Delicioso.
1: Hold up your tat. A. Delicioso. Which F- is
0: delicious okay. in both Spanish
1: and Italian. So, yes,
0: so you, you people should know, and, and, and we can talk a little bit about the brand, what it is, where it is, and where you're going with it. But the most important takeaway is, when you support this brand, you guys will continue to use that, uh, the rewards that you gain from the success of the brand to continue to support groups like The Last Prisoner Project and all the other good work that needs, still needs to be done because you guys are, have anybody a- Anybody
3: that I sign up with, to make money with, in
2: this business,
3: when we sign up with them, I, order, I this has got to be put in a contract. Yep.
2: Yeah, and we, we you know, a lot of exactly. people know our respect. story. Well, a lot of people know our story. We walked away from some pretty lucrative deals. Right. Some pretty amazing
3: deals we just said no to. Because they didn't want to donate to where, so, right, where I wanted it to go. That's
2: okay. So right now, you know, yeah, we found some people. There's and we people you know, our our co- Like, for example, we're coming up on something really... We're coming up on the end of our year, and we're going to get a lump of money. Now, there's still some consideration of, of, of maybe we'd have made more money if they didn't make that deal.
1: Not the point, Do you, know what you I mean? bake but it into the bottom line. We have this line. money,
2: it's baked into it, yep. and now, at the end of this year, we're gonna be giving a lot of money to Last Prisoners Project. Right. Like, you know, the beginning of this year. We're, 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 we're trying to, you know, there's other organizations as well. Um, this one is for us, the, the, like, really, like their family. You know, Mary. And the commissary too, is such direct. Yeah, so I just want to say, because, yeah, they give commissary. They
1: do the letter writing. That's so direct. They literally Um, need that to, like, eat and have hygiene.
2: And a lot of people give these organizations shit. And, and, you know, uh, I I hate to say it. Don't don't do it. Like, just, like, learn everything first. I I don't want to get into the politics. But the bottom line is it means a lot to our entire family. And imagine how many people are out now. It's, what, 25 plus whatever it's. It takes a lot to, to, to do this, I, I guess And what reintegration,
1: saying. too, is a big piece, too. Getting yeah. them out is just the first step of so yeah, many. And, and, How are they being? Oh, yeah, and then, what and then services, and, you know, look, are they, they, getting, they have what support? people, shout out
2: to Stephanie, because she's working there, and she's like, so you'll see, like, Randy Lanier, like, a lot of these prisoners, and, and a lot of people are always shocked with him, like how the fuck do you spend thirty-two years in jail and then you're out there constantly just advocating, was, not living his life? Because he was putting
1: in motions every week on the weekend. Well, and stop. this is
2: it. So it's like an educational thing, and, and and we're continually educating people that there's a couple organizations that you definitely support. Most consumers that we run into, patients, whatever you want to call them, they're not really. When we start the story, because you ask them how do you start the story, when we start the stories the longest serving nonviolent. They're like. Okay, wow. Respect. But if you say, hey, he was, you know, he smuggled a half a million pounds of of marijuana into the country in the 70s and the 80s and got set up, then it's like a more, so we found ways. Sexy. Let's
3: give a quick shout-out for Freedom Grow, too. Yeah, that's what I was about to
2: say. Freedom Freedom Grow. Grow. Yeah, Freedom Grow and Randy Lanier. Like, I was watching Randy in Mount Dora last weekend, you know, setting up a booth by himself for Freedom Grow, hanging banners with all of the prisoners' pictures and their stories, handing things out, having petitions signed for no money drove five hours round trip you know so that's the type of advocacy that where we can support. people
1: find you guys because we have to wrap up we're on a tight schedule no, where, where can people support you guys um, um delisioso
2: d-e-l-i-s-i-o-s-o and then uh this guy right here is free delici now um f-r-e-e-d-e-l-i-s-i and that's where you can find out about our whole story Dot com. So
0: where wait, quickly. Delicioso. How do you pronounce it exactly? Delicioso. Delicioso. Yeah, you got it. Delicioso. He, he's
1: even got the Italian what, hand. What? That's the Delicioso. whole thing. Delicioso. Yeah, you got
0: to well, shake your joints. Sh- and fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> what states it, are you in so far? So, so
2: right now we're operating in the medical program in Florida. Um, uh, we're available in the True Leaf stores, 123 outlets across the state. Congrats. Pre rolls, whole flower, live rosin. Uh, you're super you're operating True
0: Leaf in Florida?
2: Yeah, we're operating uh, as a brand partner under their umbrella. Do yep.
0: they have the rights to your brands in other states? Um, we have a
2: non-exclusive uh, first right of. We have a yeah. We, we, right now, because yeah, um, yes. people
0: are going to want to partner with you guys. People are going to see this and yes. say, "How do I get them on my shelves? Can I do a licensing?" Yeah, we certainly thing? are
2: open to collaborations. Yeah. I mean we want to be again. He's got the the the, the 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 final say, and it's basically. You know, we want to step up to the plate for, for the, the tra-
0: you know, it's yeah. a tragic
2: situation. Yes. Thousands of people have been arrested for weed this year that have a license in a medical state. Unbelievable. Because they didn't have a container.
0: Okay, so, so this is what we're going to do, because we got to go.
3: One uh, shout-out. Shout-out to Steve D'Angelo, Mary Bailey, thank you so much, and everybody at Last Prisoners Project.
0: Love yous. I think, I, I think, I think this has been one of the best... Uh, uh, meat on shackle that I've ever done, but we're going to come back and do a Canterbury Tales. glad we
1: brought you guys in. A
0: Canterbury Tales episode, the Canterbury Tales. Yes. And we're going to feature Delicioso. And you should bring
2: him and his son, because they're more of the story. No, and and we're going to get into the
0: nuances of the brand and why it's different, the differentiators and the story, and we're going to talk about it. And Delicioso
2: means delicious. Our, our product is incredibly delicious.
0: Yeah. we're going to get into Mm. all that stuff on a Canterbury Tales, but we, we got a little bit about your history and your background. My apologies on behalf of the American justice system. Mm. I was involved. Anyways. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. Thank you. See you soon. Love you guys. Thanks, love you guys. What an honor.
1: I is so happy to be hosting Big this. Big up ice-